tonight to the second night of our Quarantine Moving Forward revival. God is so good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are now live. I want you to press that share button. Make sure that you're sharing this live stream so that everyone can know that this is happening right here, right now. We also want you to put in the comment section, we want you to let us know where you're watching from, where are you tuning in from. We want to know who you are and where you are. And we're going to have a good time as we interact tonight as God blesses us with some music, blesses us with the word, and blesses us with the tremendous opportunity to partner with him in helping some families who are in financial crisis. Last night was amazing. We're on my night one people at. If you are here for our launch night service last night, let me see you raise your hand in the comment section or put amen if God blessed you or thank you, Jesus, if you received the word that Pastor Rashad Burton declared with power and conviction. As a matter of fact, if you were here last night, press that like button right now. Press it, press it so that we can know where you are. And we want to say thank you again for stopping by and worshiping with us on the first night of our revival. We want to welcome all of you visitors, all the first time folk. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are in for a treat tonight. But let me remind you what we discovered last night when Pastor Rashad Burton declared that word with power. He told us that as long as we are in network, it doesn't matter what condition we find ourselves in. It doesn't matter what situation might have us broken and in trouble. We need to know that as long as we are in network, God knows how to locate us and he knows how to meet our need. Why don't you stop right here and just tell the person next to you, why don't you say to them, say, stay in network. Yes, say, stay in network. That was a power packed word. And we thank you so much, Pastor Rashad Burden, for delivering that message straight from the lips of God to the mailbox of our heart. Tonight, we are in for a treat because we have Pastor Richard Martin who's gonna be delivering the word of God. Before you hear this message that God has placed on Pastor Martin's heart, I wanna just let you know that Pastor Martin is not just a husband, not just a student who is now earning his doctorate of ministry with an emphasis in transformational leadership from Boston University. He's not just a pastor, he's also an author. He wrote a book entitled Ordered Steps and we want you guys to know where to find this book because it's gonna bless you. This is a guide that will help you discern and discover God's purpose for your life. So please write this down, go to amazon.com, go to www.richardmartin.com and you can get your copy today. That book is entitled Ordered Steps and it's going to be, again, a tremendous blessing to you. So make sure that you go, you support and you get that great material that will help catapult you to the next dimension and will help you live in harmony with God's purpose and with God's design for your life. Tonight, Pastor Martin is gonna deliver that word. Again, he is a homiletician of the highest renown. He is a humble man of God who's done so many great things. He's spoken all over the world. He has presented many messages that have blessed and touched so many lives. And tonight we are privileged to have him with us. Pastor Martin is here. So thank you, Pastor Martin, for being willing to come and to deliver this message to the people. We also have with us Wendy Williams and her praise team. They're going to be leading us to the throne in song. But before we hear some songs and before we hear that good word, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to partner with us and to partner with God by sending some financial resources, sending some money using the cash app to the money sign, the quarantine revival. Again, that is the money sign, the quarantine revival. All of the proceeds that are going toward this particular uh, cash app will go to help families who are in financial crisis. Look, we don't want to just give you some inspiring words, some amazing songs. We want to provide you an opportunity to be a blessing to someone else. Many families have been put in financial crisis, and we want to make sure that we're able to help them in this season of struggle. So please, thank you guys so much, by the way, last night, who gave toward this cash app. Again, it is the money sign, the quarantine revival. All of you donors who blessed uh, these families last night, thank you so very much. If you are a family who is in financial need, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Send us a message again, a private message through the Facebook the Quarantine Revival page, and we will do our best to help meet your need and try to help push you and inspire you to get through this season of struggle in your life. God is on the throne, and God is not going to leave you where he found you. He's going to finish what he started, and I believe that God has his hand on you, and he's connected you with us for a reason.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so, again, excited that all of you are here with us. We are streaming live right now. Uh, Pastor Richard Martin is here with us. Pastor Martin, do you mind just saying hello to the people? What's going on, family? It's great to be here. Thanks, JD, for having me. Man, I'm looking forward to what God is going to share with us through you as his vessel tonight. But I want to just take a quick moment, and I want to ask that every person who is tuning in right now would position themselves to receive of God. We're going to go to the throne of God in prayer. But before we do that, I want you to know that many of you who shared your prayer requests, you've given us your testimonies and you've been reaching out to us through our Facebook page. We are extremely appreciative for you guys reaching out to us. We see you, we're praying for you and with you. And we want you to know that God is absolutely gonna move on your behalf like never before. So again, thank you guys so very much for reaching out. At this time, I want to invite all of you who are tuning in, who desire change. Uh, some of you have indicated that it is your desire to see God do something great in your life. And you don't want temporary change, you want permanent change. This revival is about to be mind-blowing, earth-shattering, and transformative for so many of you. And this is what God put on my heart. Pastor Martin and Pastor Humphreys, who's with us as well. Pastor Humphreys, go ahead and holler at the people. Say hello to everybody if you don't mind. I'm excited for the word of God tonight, man. I had to get on the call to be with my boy, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for revival, man. I'm excited. Good, good, good. I'm excited as well. The Lord's about to do something great. But listen, God put it on my heart that before this revival concludes, I need y'all to hear me. This message of the gospel is going forth with power from God's vessels. And I know God is going to convict the hearts of many people to shift to another level of spiritual power, authority, and audacity. And what I believe is going to happen, I believe that some people who are tuning in are going to be convicted by the spirit of God to make the decision to not just seek Bible studies, that is a personal touch. You wanna to connect with someone who can help lead you through the scriptures into a deeper relationship with God. But I know that there's someone else who's going to desire baptism. Oh yes, I said it, I said it. We are involved right now, Pastor Humphreys and Pastor Martin in a virtual revival. And guess what? I believe that some people because of this revival are gonna to wanna to decide to get baptized. That is something you've been putting off. Maybe it's something that God is saying right now is the time that you do that. And I want you to know that we're going to, before this concludes, we are going to host a virtual baptism, which yeah. means that if you want to be baptized, yeah. oh yes, connect with us, let us know, send yeah. us a message right. through the Quarantine Revival Facebook page. And if you connect with us, you let us know that you desire to be baptized, then guess what? We're going to walk with you and we're going to figure out how to get this thing done. There's some lives that are being changed right now, Pastor Martin and Pastor Humphreys. And I'm appreciative that God is allowing us to be a part of this transformative process. My God, Lord, God is so good. He is so, so very good. At this time, we're going to go straight to the throne of God in prayer. We're going to seek his face. There are many of you who are struggling right now because not everyone has a family that they can quarantine with. Yeah. There's some people who are in solitude and isolation. You've been sequestered and are disconnected. And it's at this time more than ever before that you need to connect with God through prayer. You need to know that you are not alone. You need to know that God is with you and that he loves you and that when other people leave, God stays. And yeah. I'm going to pray a special prayer of covering for you who are isolated in a place of solitude, who are depressed, you feel hopeless, and you need God to whisper sweet nothings in your ear. You need him to hold you close to his bosom. You need him to let you know that you are not alone. And he needs to send support your way. He needs to send people to call you, to check on you, to just connect with others because we were created to be in relationship and being separated in quarantine, y'all, can be a detrimental thing for some people who don't have the privilege of having children running around and, and having a mother or a father to talk to or having a sister or brother or a husband or a wife. And I, God's put you on my heart tonight. God's put you on my heart tonight. And we're going to pray specifically for those of you who yeah. feel absolutely alone in this place of COVID-19 pandemic. So let's pray for them. Pastor Humphreys, 
I'm going to ask you, as a matter of fact, if you can pray for those who are lonely, those who are isolated, that God would speak to them, comfort them, give them peace. And then we're also going to pray for those who are sick. We have some people, y'all, who are going through hell and high water right now, and we need to pray that God would touch them with his healing hand. We're going to claim Psalm 107. Listen to me. We're going to claim Psalm 107. I believe it's verse 20, where it said God can send healing with a word. And I know that somebody needs some healing right where you are. Maybe it's not physical healing. Maybe it's relational healing or mental healing. But God is going to send healing your way. And we're going to approach God's throne in prayer right now. We also need to pray for those people who are essential workers, those who are in the hospital. We need to make sure that we have all of those individuals in prayer as well, that God would encourage them, inspire them. And we're going to make sure that we approach the throne in God to God in prayer and place them at the altar and assault the heavens tonight. Pastor Humphreys, do you mind taking us to the throne right now as we assume some position of respect? Let's because we believe God hears our prayer. Go ahead. While we're praying, if you if you got names of people or a person that you want to put into the chat as we pray, we want God to move over those names of people. Father God, we thank you, first of all, for the power of Jesus Christ. God, tonight... We are expecting greater. We are expecting to be better, God. We are expecting to be filled with your Holy Spirit. But God, tonight specifically, as it's been laid on the heart of Pastor Doggett, God, those who are quarantined, who are home by themselves, who are alone, God. God, I ask that you draw a little closer to them tonight, God. We're praying, Lord, that you will move in every home, move in every room, move over every phone or computer. Those who may be listening by Zoom or, or watching us live, God, whatever the case may be, even those who play this thing back later, God, I'm praying right now that you will do exceedingly abundantly above all that they can ever imagine or think. God, tonight, we need a word from yeah. the Lord. So God, right now, remove all distractions, remove mm -hmm. all doubt, remove anything that's going to get us out of receiving the word from the Lord. There's someone that's yeah. going to be listening right now on Facebook Live that literally is in the valley of decision. Yes. But I'm so glad tonight that person has joined this, this live stream because God, that lets us know tonight that mm -hmm. they need something specific from you. So God, right now, I am praying that you equip Pastor Martin, Lord, yes, with Lord. The words, Lord, to touch somebody's heart. I'm praying, God, that someone will draw even closer. And God, as, as Pastor Doggett has already mentioned, we're not just doing this for the shouts. We're not just doing this for the amens. Yes. We're not just doing this for the sake to do it. But God, somebody is going to be baptized. So we're praying, yes. God, that you will do it in a miraculous way. So God, we know it's not by might and it's not by power, yes. but it's by your spirit, God. So God, pour your spirit on us Right now, God, we pray specifically, Lord, for those who could be watching in the hospitals right now. God, we're praying for those those workers who work tirelessly. God, we thank you for every medical staff, every yes. medical person. God, we pray blessing and we pray covering. But God, also we pray healing in every yes, hospital. Lord. God, people who are literally hanging on the balance of life and death. God, we pray for healing tonight, yes. like the woman that touched the hem of the garment. We just want them to be made whole. So God, do it. Tonight we pray, and God, when it's all said and done, we hope that they're not looking at us to see any great men or women tonight, God. We want them to see Jesus Christ and him crucified. So have your way tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And amen. Before we hear from Pastor Martin, we're going to now invite Wendy Williams with her praise team to share with us a little bit. Um, take us higher to, if, if you are watching this in your kitchen, if you're watching this in your living room, your office, wherever you're tuning in, we want you right now to just lift up your hands and we're about to prepare our hearts as we sing songs of Zion's praise. Let's prepare now to approach the throne with Wendy Williams. the glory belongs to you all the glory belongs to you oh god yeah. all the glory belongs to you all the glory belongs to you oh god oh, yeah. 
the glory belongs to you. All the glory belongs to you, oh God. Be glorified, 
be glorified. Come on, sing it. Be glorified. Be glorified. In my life, Lord. In my life. Be glorified. Be glorified. Be and we're asking that you would prepare us for your word. Thank you for your manservant. Speak now through him, we do ask. In the name of Jesus, we pray this prayer in faith. Amen and amen. Pastor Martin, thank you for coming in. The floor is now yours. Thank you, Pastor Doggett. It's truly an honor and a privilege to run the second leg of what has already been an awesome quarantine revival race. I believe God has a special word for us, but before we hop into God's word, can we just celebrate the fact that the God we serve is a big God. Yes. He's an awesome God for which nothing is too difficult. And I join with Sister Wendy and the psalmist in acknowledging that if there's anybody right now who deserves all the glory, it is the God that we serve. Yes. I don't know where you are while you're listening to this revival right now. Maybe you are in the comfortable confines of your living room. Maybe you're snuggled up under some blankets in your bedroom. I don't know, maybe you're getting yourself together in the restroom, you're in the hospital, maybe you are driving, listening to the audio. Would you just right now in your own way declare with me that this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I know that the traditional church doors have been closed around the nation and around the world, but where two or three are gathered in his name, their God will be. So I'm still glad when they say unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It yes. might be my house, it may be your house, but God is dwelling among us even now. And I'm so grateful that the word of God is still going forward. Pastor JD, Pastor Humphreys, listeners, I still believe that this gospel of the kingdom shall go forward into all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end shall come. So to be able to play a part in this revival, I'm truly grateful. I want to invite you to take your copy of God's word, whether the traditional paginated version, your cellular device, a tablet, iPad, and meet me in the Old Testament book of Exodus. 
Exodus chapter 14 will set the framework for our time together this evening. Exodus chapter 14. And while you're finding it, I, I kind of want to grab a little piece of what we would do if we were in a sanctuary. And I want to acknowledge my wife. Baby, would you just stand where you are? <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm te she, she, she's standing, church. She's standing. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs> Exodus chapter 14. And I want to begin reading at verse number 10. This will launch us into our time together this evening. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Verse 15 for emphasis. Then the Lord said to Moses, do not be afraid. Excuse me. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. I want to entitle our thought for the next few moments, trusting God in transition. Trusting God in transition. Father, it is in this moment that we humbly request yet another miracle. I pray, God, that you would allow spiritual things to be made abundantly clear. Tune our hearts into the frequency of heaven and allow there to be a clear signal I pray that anything that seeks to distract or deter us from receiving what it is you have for us, that you will remove it and allow us to be able to be locked in so that as we comb through the pages of your word, we might receive all that you have for us. My prayer now is less of I and none of me, more of you and all of thee. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Trusting God in transitions. I must confess, my brothers and my sisters, that I am really enjoying adulthood. But if I'm honest, every now and then when I am overwhelmed with a sense of nostalgia, I long for days of yore. You remember those days, don't you? When the weight of responsibilities were significantly different. Those days before words like mortgage, rent, notes, and utilities were a part of our vocabulary. You remember those days when the trading market was really a cafeteria room and for two oatmeal pies and a Capri Sun, you could get Chips Ahoy cookies and some string cheese. You, were, you remember those days yesterday when you could play pickup basketball games to 100 and then declare, let's run it back. And before your body needed two weeks to recover, I, I, I wish we could go back to those days Oh, didn't we play some wonderful games back in the day? You remember hide and seek, one, two, three, four, 18, 19, 20, ready or not, here I come. Or what about freeze tag or cops and robbers, red light, green light. And then one of my favorite games was Simon Says, that, that game which demanded that you listen very carefully to what is being said. Simon will stand before a line of children or a semicircle and declare, Simon says, clap your hands. Simon says, stop. Simon says, snap your fingers. Simon says, stop. Simon says, hop on one foot. Simon says, stop. And you were doing well as long as you were following the instructions that were preceded by those two critical words, Simon says. But inevitably, when these simultaneous actions of hopping on one foot, 
tapping yourself on the nose while rubbing your stomach became a little bit difficult to manage, Simon would catch you in the middle by telling you to stop without saying Simon says. And even though I don't play that game too much anymore, as I reflect on it, I think that there are some principles that can be applied to the times in which we are living. Because that game was not only teaching us how to listen attentively, it was also giving us guidance for what we need when it comes to transitions. When you transition from rubbing your stomach and tapping your nose and patting your head, you could transition confidently that you would stay in the game as long as you transition based on what Simon said. Now church, I don't know who Simon was. I don't know if Simon created the game, but I know who God is. And I believe that we ought to get healthy in practicing the game called God says. In fact, it's really not a game, it's life, isn't it? And life is fraught with transitions. We're in a transition right now, aren't we? On a global scale, no matter where you live, what your native tongue is, what your norm was, right now we're in a transition. And my simple premise this evening is that it is during this transition where we need to tune our ears into what God says. In other words, you ought to be very careful of making transitions in this day and age if those transitions are not preceded by and predicated on a clear word from God. But the encouragement is this. If God says wait, you can wait. If God says stop, you should stop. But when God says go, you ought to go. Because if God says it, you can trust it and depend on it. And it is in Exodus chapter 14 that the movements of Israel are preceded by what God said. Would you join me by planting your feet on freedom's soil? There is a night air pregnant with the mist of excitement that can really only be understood by a people who have borne the weight of Egyptian oppression for over 200 years. Israel has heard countless cruel mandates from the bitter lips of Pharaoh, but they have never been more excited to follow an order. After experiencing 10 tenacious rounds of duel between God and man while holding his lifeless firstborn son in his hands, Pharaoh calls Moses and Aaron and says, take your people, take your flocks, take your herds and get out of here. And in your mind's eye, can you see Israel with sandaled feet, Israel with shouldered spoils, Israel in specified divisions, getting ready to head towards the gates of Egypt? It's a night of emancipation and celebration. It's a night of liberation. I can almost hear the Israelite choir singing, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. I'm gonna keep on walking, keep on talking, marching towards freedom land. And just as the loudest alto has her note ringing in the atmosphere, God taps Moses on the shoulder and whispers in his ear, uh, I know what they're singing, but that's not what I'm saying. Tell Israel to turn around, read about it in the beginning portions of Exodus chapter 14, time does not permit me to enunciate all of the geographical specifications, but it's simply put this way, God positioned them in a place where they were trapped. It was not the best of strategies from a military standpoint, but again, if it's prefaced by God said, you can trust it. So Moses took what God said and turned Israel around until they were strategically positioned by the sea. Pharaoh hears about it. He is now regretful and remorseful from his previous decision. He arms his army for battle and they take flight towards the Israelites. And this is where we pick up the story in verse chapter 10. The Bible says that when Israel sees the sea, and when Israel sees Pharaoh, that their hearts melt with fear and they raise some very vicious and malicious and faithless questions. Was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Was it because we couldn't die in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? And might I suggest that during this time of global transition that there are some people on the line right now 
who feel as though God has let them down. Was it because I was unfaithful to you that you now have allowed me to lose my job? Was it because I did something that disappointed you that you now allow my loved one to die? Was it because of something that, I, God, why couldn't you have done these things before a global pandemic? You're gonna wait till now? But my brothers and my sisters, I wanna be clear. Sometimes we only learn how to truly trust God during life's transitions. I wanna say it again, sometimes we only really learn to trust God. I mean, really, truly trust God. I'm talking about the kind of irremovable, irrevocable, irreplaceable trust that God wants his children to have. Sometimes he says, I've got to put you in a transition for your trust to go. And let me go ahead and state my thesis. I believe that you can trust God during each and every one of God's transitions for your life. Now, I would close the message right here, but I know there's some note taker somewhere in Arkansas, somewhere in Washington State. You're writing it in Bermuda. I don't know if you're looking in from South Africa. Maybe there's someone from Japan, but you want some reasons why you can trust God during transitions. I want to share them with you. If you're taking notes, if you're tweeting it, if you're putting it in the chat features, here's why you and I can trust God in transitions. Number one, you and I can trust God in transitions because God has already provided advanced preparation. You can trust God in transitions because God has already provided advanced preparation. Moses responds to the people, y'all don't be afraid, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God's gonna fight for you. In fact, the Egyptians that you see today, you'll never see again. God gets in on the conversation around verse 15, and he says, Moses, stop crying out to me and tell the people to move on. The very next verse, he says this, take your staff. That's it. That's it. Isn't it interesting that Moses had been walking with this staff for some 40 years? Moses had this staff while he was walking on the backside of a mountain leading sheep around. Moses had this staff when he approached the burning bush to see why the bush was on fire but not burning up. Moses had this staff when God told him to drop it on the ground and it became a snake. Pick the snake up by the tail and it became a staff again. This was the staff that Moses carried in and out of the courts of Pharaoh during each one of those 10 plagues. This was the staff that God had given Moses in advance. And isn't it interesting that sometimes God already has given us advanced preparation so that at a moment of transition, he says, look at what I've already given you. I've given you equipment symbolic of your obedience. And so let me ask you, my brother and my sister, what has God already prepared you with? I know you might not have a job right now, but maybe you've got a book in your spirit. I know that someone has passed away right now, but maybe you're going to be transitioned into a grief ministry leadership position. I know right now you're in transition, but can I suggest that every point of transition is preceded by advanced preparation. God says, you can trust me for this transition because whether or not you know it, I've already prepared you with something critical and crucial for this transition. You can trust him right now, wherever you are, my brother, my sister, my friend, my loved one, because God provides advanced preparation. Sometimes there are preparations that we will only be reminded of in the moment of transition that came years in advance. How do I know how to do that? How to think that way? How to organize like this? How to strategize like that? I didn't even know I had the resources with me. Moses thought the staff was only good for sheep. He didn't know God had prepared him to use the staff to lead people. All I'm trying to say is some of us have been prepared in advance and it's in moments of transition where God calls us to trust him because he's already provided advanced preparation. But there's a second reason why you and I, my friends, should and can trust God in every one of life's transitions. Not only because God provides advanced preparation, but because God practices adaptive leadership. God practices adaptive leadership. J.D., Rashad Burden, and others, myself included, are right now 
grabbing on to that mark by word in society, which is leadership. I do believe that God is developing and training leaders who are not simply skilled in what we call transactional leadership, but who are skilled in adaptive leadership. There is a difference. Uh, transactional leadership goes like this. Your head deacon comes to you and says, uh, Pastor Martin, there's no toilet paper in the bathroom. Well, I know that there's toilet paper in the utility room, so we can simply go to the utility room, get some toilet paper from the room, put it in the bathroom, and thereby we have fixed the problem. The resources were available. We were able to respond to the problem very quickly. That's transactional leadership. But adaptive leadership is a little bit different. It does not necessarily come with resources at your disposal. The know-how might not be there. It's something so perplexing. It's a conundrum that will require group effort and experimentation. We'll have to come back to the drawing board and figure it out. And, and it's often in transitions of life where God tells us that he is an expert at adaptive leadership. Here it is, I'm not making it up. The passage says it this way, Exodus chapter 14 and verse 19. After Moses lifted that which he had been prepared with in advance, God then practices adaptive leadership. This is what it says. The angel of the Lord that was in front of them now moved behind them. And the cloud that was in front of them now moved behind them. Here's all I'm trying to say. God says, I want you to trust me in transition because I know how to adapt to what you need in every transition. You're teaching, yeah. Up until this point, you needed me up front. Up until this point, I could lead you out front. Uh -huh. But at this point of transition, where you've got to learn to trust me when you can't see me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A position behind you. Come on, because Rich. Because he is behind you while I'm going to provide a dual function to my divinity. In Ooh. other words, I'm going to protect you while keeping you from Pharaoh and Egypt at the Ooh. same time. I illustrate it this way. One time, my parents and I were traveling from Ohio to Oakwood. They were carrying some of my belongings for one semester while I was at Oakwood. I don't remember which one it was. My father, between Columbus, Ohio, and Louisville, Kentucky, was leading from the front. And it was interesting because every so often, he would call me and say, Richard, you're falling behind. I said, my bad, Dad. I'm going to speed up and catch up with you. He would call again after about 30 minutes and say, Rich, listen, I need you to keep up with me. We're on a timetable. You're falling behind. I said, I'm sorry, Dad. Me and sister are just jamming to some music. I kind of got sidetracked by some of the surrounding scenes and sights. So finally, after about two or three exchanges on that wise, he called me. He says, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get in your lane behind you. And I want you to keep up with my pace. You're going to have to check the rear view mirror every now and then. But don't leave this lane unless you see me leave this lane. If I get in the left lane, you get in the left lane. If I stay in the center lane, you stay in the center lane. When I transition right, you transition right. And last thing, Rich, make sure you keep my pace. I don't want to have to get so close to you so as to push your bumper. And what I learned in that moment is I had to trust my dad's pace by watching him lead from behind. Yeah. Could it be that it is in this moment of your life's transition that God is teaching you that he knows how to adapt yes, as sir. a leader specifically for your life's transition? Come on. Maybe this is why early in Exodus, when Moses asked him, who do I say sent me if they ask me for your credentials? God gave him a very specific leadership title, not doctor. Yeah. Not, 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 not bishop. Come yeah. on. Call him reverend or pastor. Yeah. He said, tell them I am. Yes, sir. I am. Yes. In other words, I am an adaptive leader. I'm going to be what you need when you need it. How you mm -hmm. need it. I'm coming with everything tailor made for your life's transition. And I simply want to tell you, my friend, that you can trust God in this transition because God practices adaptive leadership. But then there is one final reason before I bid you good night, of why we should trust God in every one of life's transitions, not just because he provides advanced preparation and not only because he practices adaptive leadership, but finally you and I should and can trust God during transitions because God knows when it's time is right, God knows how to provide accelerated progress.
<laughs> accelerated progress. Come on, Rich. Teach, Doc. Teach. Right there. Check out what God says. He says, Moses, take your staff, raise it up, stretch your hand over the sea. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cause Israel to move forward, to go on, on dry ground. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, and everybody knows down in Florida, hurricane season is an annual event. I know what it's like to have the meteorologist tell us what name of the hurricane and where it's coming from, whether it's off the Gulf of Mexico or the Atlantic Ocean. I know what it's like to board up your windows and be prepared. And I've seen a lot of rain in my day. I know what it's like to have the football field at my school soaked with water on Monday. But even though the rain ceases on Monday, the ground is still wet come Friday. I know that it takes a long time for ground to dry up. But here is what God says. I want Israel, this yes, mass of persons that probably reaches somewhere close to, if not over a million people, mm -hmm. they're going to go through this sea on dry ground. Oh. Now, I'll be honest, if I was an Israelite trying to take flight from Egypt, I'm okay walking on a little bit of mud. I don't mind if the water even reaches my kneecaps. I'll wade through. But God says, no, 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 not this kind of leader. You're not only going to walk through this transition, but you're going to go through on dry ground. Why? Because I'm going to accelerate your progress. So that means God had to enact something that only he could do. The Bible says that all night long, God caused an eastern wind to push water to the left and water to the right. And he accelerated the process of the evaporation. So what should have normally taken a longer time happened in one night. Teach Rich. I tell you that you ought to trust Teach God Rich. in transition because the thing that you expect to take a long time, God can accelerate it and it happened overnight. I'm yeah. not preaching prosperity and I'm not trying to jerk a cheap shout, but I thank God that the God who knows how to do things eventually is also just as skilled that can do things immediately. Come on. Overnight that the mud was removed. And so think about it now, when Israel walks on dry ground, they had to have said, who wouldn't serve a God like this? A God who provides advanced preparation, a God who practices adaptive leadership, and a God who prepares accelerated progress. Yeah. My ground was just God showing off. It was God saying, I'm God all by myself, and I don't need nobody else. It was God saying, when you trust in me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, acknowledge me in all of your ways, I will direct your path. It was God saying that you got to walk by faith and not by sight. It was God saying, when you see the dry ground, that means you can trust me in every transition. Now, here's what I love about the story, and I'm done. At the end of the day, this was all just a setup for God to see them through. My Lord. Ellen White says in Patriarchs and Prophets that God was fully capable of choosing any other option to see Israel through, but he strategically and intentionally chose this to heighten their faith. I'm not sure what point of transition you're in right now, my brother or my sister, but can I simply suggest that God is only setting you up to see you through? Can I suggest that right now at this moment, God is inviting men and women all over the world to re-up their devotion to him, to go deeper in relationship with him, to tune their hearts into his voice more, because when God says go, you can go. He's already provided something that you need to move forward in faith on. When God says go, you can go and trust him in that transition because he's going to be a leader who adapts to whatever you need, when you need it, and how you need it. And finally, you can trust God in transition because God says, listen, I know how to accelerate some things when my time is right. And so I don't know where you are, what your situation is, my friend, but I just want to pray for you as right now in this transitional season of life, you offer up to God true and sincere faith and commitment. Lord, I'm going to go where you want me to go. I'm going to stay where you want me to stay. If you say wait, I'm going to wait. But I want to move only when you say so, knowing that you will take care of me. Let's pray together, my brothers and my sisters. Father, in Jesus' name, the hymn writer says, he leadeth me. He leadeth me. 
by his own hand he leadeth me, his faithful follower I will be, for by his hand he leadeth me. And God in heaven right now, we need you to lead us in these transitions that we are in. Some of us are going through painful transitions, others perplexing transitions, others uncertain transition. But here is the mainstay. You are with us in every one of life's transitions. You invite us to consider how you have already prepared us in advance to trust you at this point of transition. And while we are going through, you have promised to adapt as a leader worth following no matter what comes. And then God in heaven, you've reminded us that you know how to accelerate some things. What would have normally taken four to six weeks, six to eight years, God, you can do quicker than we could do. You're inviting us to trust you. And so Father God, is there a person on the line right now who has been touched and ministered to by your word I pray that they will make a decision sincerely right now to be in partnership and covenant relationship with you, to trust you not just for this transition, but for each and every transition in their lives, not just for the promised land, but to be in a relationship with the promise keeper. And oh God in heaven, as we continue forward in this quarantine revival, might it be a marvelous crescendo where we go higher and higher with every round, all to thy name's honor and glory. God, you have our trust for this transition. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yo, Pastor Martin, man, thank you so much for the word of God tonight, man. Thank you so much that I can trust God in seasons of transition. Man, I love the point where you talked about how God's already put an equipment with some things in my hands. And someone tonight who's watching live on Facebook needed to hear that revelation, that word from God. So, man, thank you for being a vessel to let God use you. Thank you. Pastor, Pastor Doggett, man, I don't know about you, man, but but man, I, I, I was blessed tonight by the word, man. I was blessed. I was enriched. And I'm just so grateful and honored, Richard, by, by, by the word that God has. Father, we just thank you. We are praying, God, that word will go forward to touch somebody, Lord. We're praying right now, God, that someone who will listen later on, God, will be touched and be blessed. Let someone say, after this word, God, what must I do to be saved? So, God, right now, we're praying. We're thanking you, Lord for being able to trust you in seasons of transitions. We love you. We praise God for you. In your name, amen and amen. I just want to thank